I really think Sundays were their only days off, and that's why Sunday is such a huge deal in our community. For real. Because every Sunday when I try to say I'm going to do some stuff, my those ancestors be like, lay down. <laughs> Bitch, I'm done. Welcome back to Gentrification, guys. Y'all already know what we're about. We're a podcast examining the intersection between adulthood, education, and the Black American experience. We sip cocktails while we discuss articles that focus specifically on what Black Americans experience in the United States of America. From a female perspective, normally, we're both females. We both identify as females. My name is Gloria Dean, and my co-host is Sunny Carter. Let's go ahead and get gentrified So on the rocks today, we're going to do something different. We're just going to talk about what we're actually drinking and not give you a cocktail recipe. So do you want to go first, Sunny? Sure. I I would say I thought about this a little bit, but this is actually just a favorite of mine. I am a vodka soda kind of girl. Um, I (laughs) enjoyed enough vodka in college. But after I tried other things, like, I've tried tequila, and that's that's probably a second for me, um, just because my partner's into it, so we, you know, drink that. Um, but all of the others, and then once you get to the dark side, it's just, that dark side takes me to the dark side. It, it's too much. It's too much. I, I'm a I'm a vodka soda. I love good bubbles. You know, those are always classy and fun. Um, but yeah, that's what I have today. If you want to know specifically, I love Deep Eddy. It gives it just a little bit of flavor, but not too much sugar or sweetness. Um, it's always great to throw like a lemon or a lime in there, depending on the flavor you get. So that's what I have today. I have Deep Eddy lime with club soda nice i like some deep eddie too deep yes. eddie is like our resident vodka to take shots with that's <laughs> it's like what we choose to like take shots with so i mean i'm more i love the lime and i love the grapefruit yes. the lemon's okay but lime and grapefruit are pretty much my go-to's for deep eddie but today i'm actually drinking my favorite ever cocktail of course the french 75 <laughs> this one is a low budget one I would call it like an American 75 because it's not anything from <laughs> France at all the gin is like some Lewis and Clark gin so straight out of Missouri um, <laughs> and I'm just drinking like some Prosecco Rosé so no champagne here so a 75 I guess you would call it not a French 75 but you know I like my gin and my bubbles I like it with nice little squeeze of lemon juice it gets me there. It does what it needs to do. Gets me where I need to be. It's my favorite cocktail. I I, I love it. You have to respect gin. That's not something you play around with. <laughs> Honestly, I have a rule. Like I take three gin shots and that's it. Anything above <laughs> three, like A, taking a gin shot in general is like, all right. <laughs> Playing with fire. But like if you do more than three, Guaranteed blackout. If you take more than three gen shots and you don't blackout, 
let me know. You're better than me. That's if what I'll say to that. gin drinkers out there, like, what do you even drink? Like, Gin and tonics are the best thing to drink in the summer. <sighs> I'm, I'm afraid. Like you said, it, there's a very thin line for gin, so I just try not to even look in that direction. <laughs> All right. Well, let's head into the sister check-in. I feel like this one's going to be kind of long because we got a lot to cover. Yeah, it's been a a while. A lot has happened. You want to start? For me, I have relocated to Texas, the great state of Texas. Don't tread on me. (laughs) It's, It's been nice being here. I have some friends here. I have my godson. I have some family here. I haven't gone out a lot, just a little bit. But what I've seen is great. Like, Texas knows how to party, especially Dallas. Um, But also, we use that time to enjoy my partner and I, um, celebrate the fact that he has accomplished his goal of joining the U.S. Air Force. And uh, uh, now he's gone. And it's... Week zero is what they call it. It's technically the second week that he's been there. And I've already sent my letters. It feels different. I'm sad, um, but I'm adjusting. I am, you know, proud of him for going after a goal and a dream. And so this is like just another small step for a lot of things that we have planned. Uh, but it's really exciting. Um, that's some true dedication. Because from the little, I talked to him for like three minutes. After the little call that we got, you can hear all the yelling in the background. And I was just like, oh, I want to go save you. <laughs> um, but I've been, yeah, taking this time to work and like finish up some things that I have going on there so that I can take some steps into some other ventures in the world and studying so I can you know hopefully start a new career it's a lot it's a lot (laughs) yes all in your last year of a certain decade I know, I know. I'm trying to get my life together because I'm turning 30. <laughs> and like what? Like almost like what? You have like less than a week? A week? A little bit I over a week? week? I have a, less than a week. It's, yeah, six days. So. Bro. <laughs> I'll be standing I'm here with open arms to welcome you to the 30 Club. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's. I have a mixture of feelings, um, but rate your twenties out of ten or out of five stars. What does it get? Ooh, <laughs> that's a good question. Okay, I give the twenties a solid eight. Really? Eight and a half. Like twenties. Especially for us, it was pretty lit. I can't even lie. 
especially like how much I love music and how much I love to travel. Um, our, my family has just continued to grow and like seeing them, you know, succeed and blossom in the things that they are into. Um, learning so much about myself because oh my gosh the person that I thought I would be at this point has definitely changed (laughs) and it's yeah it's a good thing it's a lot of reflecting but I feel like it makes me more confident going into 30 because then you can have that no mess attitude you're like oh I'm too grown to be playing around. <laughs> I saw this quote that was like, Gen Z, you need to respect your elders. Like, you need to listen to me when I tell you something. I'm your elder. I was born yes. in the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, when I shared with my family that I was, you know, coming to visit for my 30th birthday, my sister put in a message directly to me you're old i was like oh wow like say that now but it creeps up on you so yeah yeah um what's new with me let's see let's see let's see i honestly don't really know from the last time we recorded till now what's new i don't know (laughs) nothing I'm still doing the same things I do. Me and Pearl over here doing hood ratchet. Like, (laughs) you know, like, I just went and read up on her food today. So she's pretty pumped. I'm sure she's going to come and interrupt this recording because it's five at this point. So at around, if we get past the hour, she will be coming me out. Like, where's my wet food? So there's that. Um, It's raining here, of course, because we're recording. There's a thunderstorm. I'm sure we'll hear that in the background. So that's great. (laughs) Hopefully the internet doesn't go out while we're doing this. Because that would suck. But, um, I mean, I'm I'm trucking along. Work is going cool. I'm getting the itch for a change. Because, you know, I've been at my job for a while. And this is the longest time I've ever held a job. I won't lie. I've always had jobs. But I do like, you know eight to one year stints at a job you know Mm -hmm. or like eight months to one year like stints at a job so like if i'm like at a job for more than eight months i'm like okay somebody (laughs) likes this job (laughs) in a year i'm like all right what's going on that's when i go and i'm like hey yo (laughs) what's up with a promotion a raise like how are we gonna elevate this job being the job for me before I just go find something else. But like, I've been in my job for like two years now, like since the beginning of the pandemic, clearly I'm not about to quit it because we're about to hit a recession. So there's that. Um, They're talking about like, Oh, we're going to raise interest levels as much as we need to in order to get the inflation down. (laughs) Please don't. No, no. Like, people are going to be refinancing like crazy. No, they're not. If they refinance, the interest level is going to be higher. No, I'm saying, like, if they try to buy right now. Yeah, I mean, later, maybe. Like, it's not the market to buy a house. It's definitely not the market to buy a car. Like, I feel for anyone who has to buy a car 
Oh, that's something to do with me. I got in a car accident. Someone rear-ended me. Okay, so like everybody has been telling me I'm a fool because I didn't say that I was injured to collect some insurance money. I won't lie. I feel like 60-40 about it. Like 60% of me is like, <laughs> it was the right thing to do. I wasn't injured. I don't want that man insurance to go up sky high because he made a, had an accident. Like, Lord knows I'm prone to accidents. Who knows? Like, I would hope that that karma would come back to me. That if I hit somebody, they wouldn't go hard and be like, my neck and my back. So, like, I was like, I'm not injured. It's just my car. I need to get my car fixed ASAP because I didn't want to drive around looking ghetto. I didn't have time for that. So, I was like, I just need my car fixed. I'm glad we got that squared away quickly. It happened, like, a couple weeks ago. So, like, it only took a couple weeks to get it all fixed. My little car is just missing, like, the emblem for what type of car it is. I'm not going to say exactly what type of car it is because people are out here hunting women for human trafficking and stuff, putting napkins and door handles. I don't have time for that. But, (laughs) like, I got in that car accident. And, like, the other 40% of me is like, man, you know how people be saying, like, that story about, how a person was waiting for God to send them a blessing and then basically all these people come to them or these situations happen in their lives that offers them a blessing but they're like oh no I'm okay and then they die and they're like man God I prayed and I asked you multiple times and like you said nothing and he was like remember when this happened and that happened and I was like what if like at the end of this this was supposed to be my good karma for just being a good person like you know it's like dude you got in a car accident you didn't claim any injuries like you didn't you know i don't know man that's that little 40 percent of me that's like maybe i messed up like my co-workers were like you would have gotten 10 grand like off top and i was like what and they were like you would go to a chiropractor they'll find anything and you know i have sciatica pain so i'm like look and that's what i'm that now that i'm thinking about it i'm like daddy you did say back so but at the same time like wait 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 you said you didn't have any injuries. Right. That's like 60%. Like you said, the car is taken care of. You are in the same condition. We are very happy he was truthful because whew, some, sometimes people like to put up a fight. Yo, yeah. That's the lesson I learned, guys. If you get in any sort of car accident, no matter what it is, little fender man, wow, the thunder is really rolling over here. I heard that. <laughs> it's like because like because we're recording. Great. Um anyway, call the cops. Yes. I mean, if you have insurance, if you don't have insurance, do what you can do. <laughs> Especially if you're in somewhere like Missouri. Do what you can do to like not get a ticket. But if you have insurance, they have insurance, everything's kosher, still call the cops to get a police report of it because if that individual who hit me had like lied and been like oh she reversed into me or something like that it would have turned into like a whole big battle that i would not have been prepared for like i literally stayed up the night before like so nervous and anxious like oh my gosh like what if they called the cops after i left and said someone just hit me and left like i was just thinking of every scenario that could have possibly happened that didn't work in my favor just call the cops get a police report call it a day they're not doing nothing else call the cops save a black man's life have a cop come yeah. and pay attention to your accident and not wrongly accuse a black man of something and kill him. Boom. Right there. That's activism at its finest. Be woke yeah. in that way. 
me seriously. But that I'm I'm really glad that they they told the truth, um, because we we didn't want to have to drag that out. That would have been crazy. Yeah, honestly, I would have probably just given up and been like, whatever, man. Like this is crazy. But I'm glad they were honest. Like I was honest. They were honest. Did they ask you were you hurt? Yeah, he asked. Like that was the first thing he said. He was like, "Are you hurt? Did you hit anything?" And I was like, "No." The crazy part is, is that like I'm so like I'm such a cautious driver because I'm in a long distance relationship, so I drive hours to go see Bay sometimes, and I'm like, okay, I'm a cautious driver, so like I pay attention to stuff like that. Like I saw him coming like in my like rearview mirror, and I was like, he's not stopping, but I couldn't do anything because there was a guy in front of me trying to turn left. Oh shoot! And I was like, he's not stopping at a fast speed, and he's going fast, and like boom and i was just like uh and like right as he hit me in my car moved forward the guy who was turning left turned oh my goodness <laughs> i was like ooh, i was so bad i was like granted i don't want to hit you and have to get my insurance involved but you're such a turd you're kind of the reason this happened and you didn't even see if i was okay like he didn't even nah, care he was out of there he said he was well, gone. i just had a nasty accident literally like that was the crazy part i'm not gonna lie that was crazy so yeah uh got in that car accident um that was that i think the best part of my 20s and this is ranting and going on a huge tangent but the best part of my 20s was like kind of actually like meeting the person that i love the most and becoming the aunt that I want to be. Yeah. Like my sister had my nephew in the nick of time to give me the opportunity to be like from birth be the auntie that I want to be. Like I had a nephew before who passed away, so that was like unfortunate and stuff. But I was also very young when he was born. But like I have the opportunity now to be the rich aunt. And I'm like working towards doing this so hard. Cause I'm like, I will be getting my nephew everything he wants. I keep telling my sister, like, I don't know about your other kids, but, like, this first kid of yours is definitely my favorite. I tell everyone, like, your first child will probably be my favorite. I have no, I have no guarantees for two through whomever. Two through infinity, that's on you. Oh, you're funny. Funny. I'm yeah, definitely sorry for the loss of your nephew, but I love the relationship that you have with your little nephew now. Like you guys are so cute. He loves calling you. He loves, you know, your visits. So Oh yeah, that was another thing. We had our first sleepover. Yeah. Huge deal. <laughs> Yo, I like cut up trash bags, put them all under my fitted sheets because he'd be peeing in the bed. Like he's only two. So, like, I'm not going to sweat him and be like, dang, no. But, like, you know, <laughs> we got a mattress to protect here. <laughs> We're not used to this. Like, my sister, like, literally will be like, she'll, like, sit down on her bed and be like, oh, oh, I forgot he peed. And I'm like, what? <laughs> sure. That's why I don't sit on your bed, man. That's why I try to stay in the living room. Like, please. <laughs> but, like, he stayed the night. It was cool. Like, he had a little cot. And he was chilling on his cot at first. And then he was like, yo. I want to get in the bed with you like he looked at pearl and i feel like i saw him look at her and then think about like there is a cat here and they're not like dogs and i'd be fucking with her all the time <laughs> like he has a little broom here that he tries to literally just hit her with like oh god like 
he throws Perfect. that broom like it's a little whip <laughs> to hit her body like <laughs> he doesn't play around with pearl and she chases him and hisses at him and i'm like yo if you get scratched that's on you and pearl if a rib gets nicked that's on you <laughs> as far as i'm concerned neither one of you are insured like wow. do y'all <laughs> but like he was like i'm getting to bed with you and i was like cool the thing is is that like i only had the trash bags on half the bed and it's on oh, Bay's half where he normally sleeps when he comes to visit so i'm like cool you'll sleep over there because if he does pee you know we don't want to have to lay in it <laughs> But like that's where the trash bag was. In this spot. But his little body was so moved around at all times. Like I kept waking up, like trying to reposition him. Like no, in case you pee, let's make sure on this side. <laughs> and like, he like no, it's so warm around you. <laughs> right, closer and closer to me. So I'm like, okay, let me scoot him over, and then I'm gonna lay right in the middle. That way he'll all be. I mean, like there always had to be a part of his body on my body. Like. Yep. And I was like, you know, I'm not ready for kids. Flat out. Concrete guarantee. Like, I hope when the time comes that I want them, I don't have to, like, struggle with any issues with having a kid and, like, getting pregnant. But, like, as of right now, I don't think I'm ready to have a kid because, like, I want to be able to give it a ton of attention and patience. I got to really gain patience. And I have to get my anxiety in check. Cause I woke up like every 45 minutes wondering if my nephew peed. <laughs> like it was probably a great sleepover for him. I was exhausted the next morning and then he didn't want to go to daycare. And I was like, yo, the, the prospect of like, you not going to daycare, meaning my sister will not come and get you until five 30 when she expects daycare to be out. It's like, yo, you can keep him at home, but just know I will not be getting him until 5.30. So take him to daycare and I'll pick him up from there or I will pick him up from you, but I will I will be getting my time. <laughs> like, And I was just like, I genuinely, man, like, I can't commit to it. I'm sorry. He wanted to play outside and I was like, and I do want to play with you outside, but like, if we don't make it to the drop-off time at your school, like, I'm stuck with you for hours and I can't, <laughs> like... <laughs> I haven't I been able to sneak man. away and pee. Like, I, I can't. Oh, my goodness. That is so cute. I'm glad you guys have fun on your sleepover. It is... I, I think about babies frequently. Not a lot, but sometimes um, <laughs> it comes up. Let me say that um, I'm not rushing the process. I want to enjoy time with my partner to explore and travel, but yeah. Yeah, you're not rushing that $300,000 price tag process. Exactly. Because, <laughs> wow. Really? three hundred k for a kid? Mm. That is, oh man, it's really hard to wrap my head around. I mean, but I can see it though, easily. Just I didn't even read. Just the couple of years. I didn't read deep into the articles, but I was just like, you know what? Like, I don't have to read this to know this doesn't include college <laughs> at all. Not. It can't. There's no way. College itself is around 300k at this point. Like, where are your kids going? Like, I went to state school and I had people. People like, if you had to take out loans your whole time there, 80 grand. Jeez. 
people are like, oh, the average cost of college at a public state school is like 10000 and some change. No, it ain't. I went to fucking Mizzou. That shit was like 20k a year. Yeah, it's definitely <sighs> thankful for this, you know, student loan forgiveness. It's not the whole thing, but it's the start. Hey, it's let's start. go. Please <laughs> let this work. Like they're trying to contest it in court. Please don't. Like no. Look. Please don't contest this. Like let us live. Give us something. Have you been seeing the White House tweeting to the Republicans saying how much they've been forgiven in PPP loans? It's hilarious. Yes, yeah. uh, it's pretty interesting. Like, wow. Like, you guys are going crazy about $10,000, $20,000 when you have millions forgiven from your own business that just somehow just millions of dollars were needed to keep things afloat. On top of this. Yes. And honestly, speaking of government and money. Yes. And honestly, speaking of government and money. Our agenda today is kind of related to that. In a way. It's not fully related to that. But basically, it's related to California breaking down their employment data by lineage in case they actually decide to give reparations to black Americans, they want yes. it to be the correct black Americans. And I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad. <clears throat> Something I do think about, I think one of the first things before we even jump into the article that's like really stood out to me is the ancestry piece. And being able to prove, which I know for me, in my research, I've been able to go back to a certain point, which I can kind of pinpoint that location to a family slash plantation. But at the same time, for people that don't have like that full ancestry access or they don't really go into libraries or understand how to start to find a genealogy, Please get on it. Please learn about it. Like, you have to be able to prove it in order to get the money. For your ancestry, the best way to look up your ancestry, for the United States at least, is the census. Yeah, the census. They do have the free version of ancestry, which can give you a decent start. They also have a website called Family Search. Um, And they sometimes have some of the same information as Ancestry, but Ancestry may not be able to let you look at the document yourself in Ancestry. Family Search will sometimes have that document available to look at for free. So start there. Talk to your family. Ask questions. Like That's something that I ask my grandparents um, or just older people in my family a lot right now is tell me about all of the family members you can remember, their names, even if they don't know their exact, you know, birth date or age and stuff. Getting that information can really help you put that story together because just imagine when you look at a piece of paper and you see all of these names that, you know, your grandmother called out of people that she grew up around. It's, it's a crazy feeling. <laughs> I mean, so this is kind of morbid and messed up. But the way that I trace my family's ancestry, 
because we are a typical black family who only gather for the every now and again family reunion and then mm. the regular funeral. Um, those are our gatherings that we have. Yeah. <laughs> family reunion like every three to five years. Funeral, of course, like every year. But whatever. Speaking of funerals, obituaries. Everybody yes. obituaries like will tell you who like I didn't know who my grandma's parents were or my grandpa. I didn't really my grandpa passed away before I even was born, so of course I didn't know much about him. Like, you know, he wasn't around for me to like question. But um I would like go and look at obituaries and like a lot of their obituaries are online. And, like, even with some of my, like, aunts and stuff, I learned, like, after some of my aunts passed away, like, I had cousins that they had that passed away before I was born. So, I never even knew. I always thought they had two kids. But, really, they had, like, five or three, you know? Like, whatever. So, definitely. And knowing your family is important. You don't want to be out here kissing your cousin. Yeah. I hear too many stories about it these days. Huge fear that I have with. I just, I'm happy that I just, like, tend to, like, be with my one person. And, you know, he's not from here. And he's not yes. from where my family is from. <laughs> Although we do both have family from Mississippi. And that's that's scary. Not gonna lie. But, <laughs> I mean, I think Mississippi is just the worst at everything, right? I don't think they keep the right records. Like, I, <laughs> I can't. I don't trust their senses. Honestly, I don't trust the senses of Mississippi. I, I, I just don't. Yeah. Shoot me. Like, yeah. But yeah, so um, basically in California, they're going to be breaking down the employment data by lineage to see kind of how many black Americans are working that are descendants of slaves and how many people are just black people in America. So like some people like Tariq Nasheed, likes to refer to black Americans who are descendants of slaves as like foundational black Americans. Some people like to say like ADOS. Yeah, ADOS, American descendants of slaves. Mm-hmm. Um and then like, you know, everybody has their own different ways. Some people like to go with the maroon idea and say that they're maroons. Like, you know, like whatever Aborigines, like there's like a lot of different theories out there like this idea of giving reparations to Californians who are working in California based off their lineage when it relates to slavery is kind of cool it's the first time I think ever in American history outside of the first time somebody promised 40 acres and a mule that the government seems to actually be like okay like actually we do kind of owe y'all so there's actually one more city that we talked about it was lightly mentioned in a panel that i was um that i was on essentially worked on um evanston illinois is another place where they've paid out reparations to black people and it wasn't the form of direct checks but it was like um programming like housing and um small business assistance to kind of help on that so this is it's it's starting to come around it's a good thing what would you do if you got reparations like what do you mean buy property but what if they actually gave you like the 40 acres 
I mean, build property. Like, okay, that that's great. Yeah. And like, I, for me personally, my purpose, my motivation in life is understanding, like, how many people endure for me to be here. How many people survived for me to be here? Like, that's not something that I take lightly. And that's, I think, personally why I like to try to understand who those people were, what they did. Just figuring out how, like, my great-grandfather had beauty shops. And my mom was into cosmetology and doing hair. Like, those things, just seeing them come full circle with people that you never even met, but they're a part of your DNA, your blood, is, like, really cool to me. I feel that like I mean I feel that I had like you know it's easier honestly it's way easier for me to trace my <laughs> it's funny because like my dad was like not around for real didn't really raise me and but he was also old so it's like easier for me to trace his lineage because he was born in like you know 1923 so like it's only a few short jumps before I get to like great 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 grandparents but, like, on my mom's side, it's, like, she had 18 siblings. And, like, just chasing, like, all my cousins. Mapping out all my cousins, I still haven't done it. I can't name all my cousins. I really don't think I can name each and every one of my cousins. Some of them I don't know existed. But, like, even the ones who I've met, probably, and no, I, I can't name them all. And that's just first cousins. Like, my aunt and uncle's direct children. Yeah. So many of them have had children. And so many of their children have had children. Like, it's crazy. Like, it is. That's what I'm saying. You have to know your... It's so crazy. You you could be talking to you, somebody that's related to you. And then it's so easy for someone to say, it's someone that looks just like you. Like, I saw somebody that looks just like you. They're probably related to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Uh-oh, here comes Pearl. <laughs> But this article, it says that they plan to start collecting this information as soon as January 1, 2024. So this is why we said, you know, take this time to start getting your ancestry, working on that, um, understanding it. And it says the demographic categories will include African-American who are descendants of enslaved in the U.S. and black employees who are not descendants of people who are enslaved in the U.S. The data collected uh, will be in a public state report by January 1st, 2025. And it says that the employees are not required to give that information. But, I mean, let's not fight against ourselves. Just check the right box. Like, seriously. (laughs) Money is involved in this. This is a way for, you know, something to be paid out for our ancestors who were paid nothing. So this is really a big deal to me. Um, They've never separated. I don't think I've heard any other cases of this data being separated before, which is always a question that comes up when the conversation of reparations happen, because it's like, who will get it? How do we know who should get it? Like, if everybody's checking the same box that says black. 
How do you feel about the idea that somebody who is black in America, but not a descendant of slaves, like, I feel like we all have family members maybe who are married into the family or something like that. Or, like, people that we just know, like, homies from college who are, like, Caribbean. I had a few Caribbean friends from college. And, like, I I even had a Caribbean boss, a boss from Trinidad. And, like, they were all very diligent about eloquently pointing out that they were not descendants of people who were slaves in America. They knew where they came from, from where they came from in the Caribbean to where their ancestors came from in Africa. Blah, 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 rah, rah, rah. But, like, I always have, like, felt like they are happy to take advantage, though, of being a minority in the United States. And they fall under the minority of black. When they're going to college and filling out those applications, like, they're happy to be seen as a black American. They don't feel like, oh, I should really highlight the fact that actually I'm from Trinidad the way they do it. us. like, you know, I don't know. I think it's interesting. But, like, how do you feel about those types of people reaping the benefits of reparations? I feel like, just as it says in this article, if they can verify that part of their ancestry did the work of building this country, being enslaved here, then you are... entitled to part of those reparations but that is the issue that's not being addressed when damage happens to another race even to white people for freaking not having slaves they got money for that white people who did have slaves also got reparations after the civil war that's what yeah that's what i meant so like seriously Black people have gotten zero, zero, gotten zero and constantly told, oh, they're just lazy. They just don't want to work hard. Not we built this freaking country. So how do you feel about legislation that they propose? Like, why don't we just give free college to all black people? Or like, why don't we give black people better access to education in urban areas? Like, let's invest more money in education in urban areas or areas that are heavily populated by black people. Do you feel like that's unfair because it's all black people in America and not specifically the black people who are descendants of slaves who were enslaved in the United States? Or do you feel like all black people should have access to it? I say it's not enough. I say if you do that, and what else? Like, don't feel like that is the answer that solves it, that resolves it. It doesn't. Even if other um, people who are not descendants of enslaved in the U.S. are getting some of those benefits, I I definitely feel like they're... um, culture have contributed to this country in one way or another and and a lot of times haven't been acknowledged for that so i mean if those benefits help them as well that's totally fine but when it comes to addressing the singular group which is not something that they don't know how to do they've done it (laughs) 
the government has done it. They know how to pay Jewish people, pay Asian Americans. Middle like, Easterners, like they they do. They know how to pay they know how to pay Ukraine. They know how to pay Afghanistan. Like they know how to pay all these other countries that they have inflicted their way of life on and all these other cultures that they've inflicted their values and way of life on but they don't do it with the people who they brought to this land or who were already in this land yes who have gotten all of a sudden their culture inflicted on them and like honestly when you think about like imagine what their culture was like Mm -hmm. europeans came to america mainly to escape like religious like punishment and stuff and for ex- exploration of riches and like to rob to be pirates for real yeah let's be honest like oh go check out what this country is about really you don't want me to bring back all these artifacts that you now have in museums mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all were looting and it's so crazy to me that we get called looters when we're being activists, but well, that's beside the point. We're not going to even go down that rabbit hole. It's totally a different conversation. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But I just had to point that out, though, real quick. Because they, they came to these countries and they were looting. But, like, it's crazy because, like, they act as if, like, they didn't impose, like, a lifestyle on these people that they didn't even know what it was. Y'all are coming from Catholic countries and Protestant countries and countries where you want to be able to be freely and be Quakers and free and be like whatever type of religion you want to be. That's cool. But like it was like the wild, wild west. Imagine like like think about your freshman year of college. Like that's what America was like for a while. So it's like when you're bringing in like enslaved people, it's like you don't even know what your culture is yet. So you can't even really impose a real culture on them. And if they already come from a rich culture, you have to break them of that rich culture. And then like think about all the programming they had to do. And they spent all their time like really trying to figure out how do we make these other people become more subservient to us and think that we are more important and better and more valuable than they are. How do we do that? That's what they spent their time doing as opposed to figuring out who are we? Yes. And I think that's the disconnect that they have with humanity, honestly. They never thought of who they were as a human. They just thought of what they needed to do in order to maintain the status quo, what they wanted. They knew they didn't want what they had back home. They wanted to establish a different type of society. And this is the society that they built based off of the fact that their main point and their main driving force was to make sure that these people who they're enslaving and these people who were already here who know the lands better than them are going to be willing to a show them the ropes and b remain vulnerable to their guns and ammo it's a crazy world it's a very crazy world and it's it's sad like this stuff it you know how i get i'm just like oh i'm gonna get upset because it's it's so many of us in the world and once we can really come together to empower ourselves to understand that you know something like this may make us feel segregated in the moment but this information is pertinent to us getting something that we are rightfully owed 
So a lot of activists who are like really like pro reparations and think that the reparations should be given in the form of cash settlements are anti black immigrants having any sort of benefit from reparations when it comes to the United States paying for what they did to enslaved Africans and their descendants. Because like a lot of these Caribbean countries already have reparations for their people. Um, they're starting to get there, but they're, we're on the same page about it. Uh, but not all of them are getting their reparations directly from America. Like, it's other countries that's involved in, like, hands are dirty with this too. And so they're going after some of those countries as well. So I know, like, the Bahamas, that's a big conversation that's happening right now. Um, it was one more place. I have to look at my notes, but it was one more. What was it like Haiti or something at old France, like 30 something billion dollars? Yeah. For their independence. Yeah. And then they turned around and were like, but weren't we slaves for y'all and not paid? And France was like, um, (laughs) so that bring that up. and, And when you look at it from that perspective, that does make it where even though they've, you know, though those that are of Caribbean descent have come to America, that they'll still be entitled to those reparations that are available through their country. Yeah, but, so that's why a lot of activists say they should not be entitled to reparations that are that are being given out in America to individuals whose descendants were enslaved by America. Like I understand that, like. In a lot of the Caribbean countries, American, like, that's where they grew sugar. Yeah. That's where they got their sugar from. So, America definitely has some sort of form of, like, influence on their suffering and their ancestors' suffering. But I do feel like they have already settled, their governments have settled with America in certain ways. Whether it was for things that they agreed to or not. But, like, America hasn't even began to address in the sense like say they gave one country a ton of weapons and they said we'll take this in exchange for what you did to us with the sugar slavery stuff okay cool americans haven't even done that with with black americans yet who are black american descendants of slaves you know what i'm saying like they haven't even taken any steps to say to black americans we've we see you we understand that yes nothing was done to like give your family the opportunity to have a fresh start the way we did we enslave you all. We force you all to build this crazy utopian society that we thought was going to be a democracy, but it isn't. And here is the payment for that. They haven't done it yet. That's 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 true. But even as we talk about Caribbean, you have to remember that the territories in the U.S. have to be a part of that conversation, too. Of course, the territories in the U.S. have to be a part of that conversation. But at the same time, I definitely think that, like, it gets difficult because a lot of people from the Caribbean's, like, don't like black people. Let's be real. I know you live down there and you got a soft spot, but I'll be honest. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is even when we have this conversation about now the the U.S. Virgin Islands sits in a unique spot because they've been owned by seven different countries including the u.s so like you know at this point is like yeah u.s is part of the reparation payment but all these other countries that owned them while they were enslaved 
have to be addressed as well. I do agree that solely speaking about U.S. paying reparations, that they need to be included. They may not be in the same payment as the black, but I don't see why not. If they're all, anything that the U.S. owned now that was owned during that time period, I think that's the other part we need to focus on, is we need to focus on the time period of enslavement. What was that? The Here's something, though, that the activists who are anti that, and I agree with them, would say. Why would we focus on that? I don't see the Caribbeans fighting for us to get reparations. Caribbean people come here and they act like they're better than us. That's... They do. I've, uh, Not all of them, but the vast majority of them genuinely do feel they have a chip on their shoulder. They be having chips on their shoulders in their own countries. So, like, when they come here, like, when people ask them about reparations, like, if you look at a lot of the politicians... Or a lot of the people in the political realms who speak out about like black policy, black politics, anything when it comes to black culture. A lot of those people are not black people from American slaves. Like they're not descendants from United States of American slaves. They tend to be like Caribbean people or people who traveled over from Jamaica or somewhere in Africa. And it's just like cool. Like here you come from Ghana or from Nigeria talking about how black Americans shouldn't get reparations. They need to work hard. They get any opportunity like we get. No, I I feel like on the fence. I think when, as much as I want black, black U.S. descendants of slaves to get their get a significant portion of reparations to address what has been done. I think we can slow down the progress by constantly trying to divide ourselves from, you know, Caribbean descendants. They were still in their ancestors were still enslaved. And America had some influence or some part of it in one way or another. I mean, I disagree. I feel like when we lump in Caribbeans, then we lump in Africans, then we lump in everybody. Because, like, who's not considered a slave who's poor in America? Anybody that's poor in America can feel like slave. Let's be honest. There's a difference between people who built this country and people who made products that also helped enhance the economics of this country sugar was great bananas were great from cuba like harry belafonte is awesome but at the end of the day he is a cuban and that's the problem that i be having with a lot of these people from the caribbeans i'm not gonna lie like my thing with them is that like and i agree with like a lot of the black activists like they're all cool with black culture when it comes to hip-hop and streetwear and like you know, being cool and like influencing American culture because you're black. But then when it comes to like, oh, how do you feel about being an accomplished producer? They'll say, you know, I remember like, you know, being in Puerto Rico in the slums. And it's like, okay, wait, what? So like, you're going to get, you're going to go ahead and give all this props to like your heritage of being like a Puerto Rican, but not being a person who's influenced by a black American. Like, 
it's just like to me like whenever they do something great or good it's always highlighted what their heritage is this young black man from trinidad who immigrated to america and became like the valedictorian at age 14 and went to harvard medical school and blah 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 but then it's like this young black man who got arrested for like you know a triple homicide in chicago they don't mention the fact that like oh he's actually not someone whose like parents were from america he was born here but his parents actually immigrated to america from a different country not making them technically the black americans that you think of when you say the phrase black american because caribbeans are very very they have an attitude about the fact that black americans represent and is known as the like title for black americans from the united states they don't like that because i feel like i'm from the caribbeans and that's part of america too which is true we're north america but there's a whole south america but you know like mexican and people from south america who are black don't get called black americans because when they say black americans you think of people from the u.s they have an attitude about that they also have a chip on their shoulder about the fact that they know where they're from in a sense of like their culture and heritage is a little bit less whitewashed because white people couldn't survive in those climates yeah they survived in america and that's why they we have to deal with them but like they couldn't survive in the caribbean they got fucked up they died they got the fuck out of there. They were like, oh, oh no. <laughs> the captain has come down with scabies. We must go. They were out of there. It's. I can see your point in some ways, but I still, like I said, um, like I think what they're doing in places like California can definitely, if it's adopted um, throughout the country, then that can even, you know, start to give an understanding of how many people it truly is. Because I think that's another question that we had discussed um, before the article. It's like, you know, how, what is the number of black, you know, descendants of slavery in the U.S. that have, you know, been here during that time? Other than that, like, we don't, none of the census or none of the data has really separated that so far. I would wonder, like, how many people would just write in other or check the other box on that when they have that question on the census. But first, understanding, you know, how many Black U.S. Americans, like, it truly is. Is a it's a first step, and then yeah, because I think there there's some articles out there about people who have calculated how much you know reparations should be for Black Americans, but I'm just wondering what numbers, like how did they segregate that data when it came to what they defined as Black Americans, so. That would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it definitely made me more conscious about, like, conscious about what it means to be a black American. Yeah. And it made me start to, like, <laughs> like, I feel like when I go on these rants sometimes about it, I be like, you know what? Low key, I'm starting to sound like a white Republican. <laughs> like, 
who's saying like this is America like it's America like you know our guns and like our rights and that those people who like to fly the confederate flag type deal it's like because you're going back to those times you know what I'm saying like it's like you're going back to those times where like there were like confederates and there were like slaves and there were like the union up north like you know what I'm saying like those are the time frames that you're going back to so it makes you feel like okay like some of the things that like we faced as like like some of the things our ancestors faced we didn't face them we faced some offshoots of those things but nothing will ever compare to what our ancestors faced and that's the one thing that I think people really have to understand like guns were around already yeah so like you think police brutality is bad today imagine what was happening with unchecked just slave owners who had guns and a slave like was like nuck if you buck okay i'll buck with a bullet like imagine how many like the only thing that saved them was the fact that they had like kind of a like they valued the amount of work that an individual could do for them to make them money that's become less and less pertinent today like the average american worker is not worth much to an owner like there's always going to be someone who will work more hours for less money and probably do it faster in a lot of cases (laughs) so like the the like plight of like the american black person has only gotten like more and more like diminished as far as like what we used to be seen as being able to contribute to like what we contribute now like i understand like people being like well some black people don't deserve to have like the opportunities that others deserve because like they're not hard workers or blah 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 they don't take advantage of the chance that they have just being black in america or being born in america it doesn't matter what race you are because like people in africa when i went there all they wanted to do was come back to America and I'd be like, yo, you realize like it costs money to do yeah. anything in America. Like you, you to live, you have to pay money. You can't just go on somebody's land and build you like a little four by four and say, I'm gonna build a little bed in here and just sleep here and sell clothes in the front of here. Like this is gonna be my little jam. Like, no, you can't just do that. You have no to way. like establish, you gotta pay for permits. You gotta have somebody come check. Like it's so many like taxes. <laughs> it's so many nuts and bolts in America. Like <laughs> that shit is down packed when it comes to capitalism and business. So it's like it's not as easy as just going to America and becoming a successful like designer or something like that. But like for the people who make it here, it's like that's cool and that's great. And like I understand like I get like when a white person sees anybody with black skin in America. They don't care if you're from Nigeria, Jamaica, or if your ancestors were slaves from America. You're black. You know? So I understand that they do have to deal with some of the same, like, discrimination and issues that we have to deal with. But when we talk about reparations, we're not talking about that. We are talking about the work that the people did in the fucking fields in the South, picking cotton yes doing tobacco like like growing tobacco and doing that like cotton wheat tobacco like corn all the shit that like slaves do that's what we're talking about so when we're talking about that i don't think that people who did sugar should benefit from the people who pick cotton because the people who pick cotton don't get to go to jamaica and say hey 
what's the what's the reparations y'all giving the people here who did the sugar cane fields? Because I picked cotton. Can I get some of that too? No, you cannot. So why should somebody be able to come from Jamaica and say, hey, can I get the same reparations that the cotton pickers got? No, you cannot. Because you didn't pick the cotton. That's all I'm saying. That's an interesting way to break it down, though. Like, if you start to break it down by industry, I think that's really splitting hairs when it comes to just paying black people. But at the same time, it does kind of help to see that separation a little more clearly. Yeah, I think industry is also important. I don't know if you should get down to the metadata that hard. But then again, maybe you need to. To like determine who deserves what. Sugar is a huge industry. So is tobacco. Like, so is cotton. (laughs) They all are probably billion dollar industries easily now. I mean, adding the railroads, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's just so many. buildings, yeah. Yeah, adding corn. Adding wheat. Like, adding soy. Like, you can add in all these different things, like... You can, I feel like agriculturally, it's easy to break down because the one thing America kept records about is fucking farming. Yeah. The farmers, like people say, oh, banks and insurance companies really have the metadata on like who was a slave and who wasn't because they provided insurance policies on slaves. And I believe that. Mm -hmm. But I believe if you look at the records of what type of farming was done where, you can start to break down who deserves what amount of money from where? Yeah. Man. That's crazy. And then these families too. Like I get the government's paying, but these families are crazy rich. Yo. Imagine a family that's profiting off of cotton. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Such a like wonderful resource that's in everything. Yeah. That's like an Asian person. If somebody's from Asia, imagine a family making money off silk. That's cotton in America. Times ten. Like cotton is like silk times like a thousand probably. Like cotton is man, everything's made from cotton. Seriously. And soy, cotton, and soy, and corn. Corn, soy, and cotton. If your family's from any of that, you probably deserve at least at least a half a mil in reparations. Yeah, we keep having this boat right name come up in my um, genealogy. And, I mean, I can trace it back pretty easily. And it's a pretty big family that were in like the Virginia area and now you make me want to try to figure out what you know industry were they in probably tobacco probably probably tobacco I'm pretty sure Virginia was very big in tobacco Hmm. I don't know why I think that I mean but tobacco is huge too like that tobacco is ginormous I don't know what's bigger cotton or tobacco like I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. These industries are billion dollar industries. This is not this is not pocket change that you're playing around with. And that's the thing, like people always think like, oh, it's unfair, like the US government, my tax dollar shouldn't have to go through. You're right. Your tax dollar shouldn't. But you should be one hundred percent 
on board with fucking the co- the company Cotton. They make cotton balls. They make Fruit of the Looms. They make all types of shit. Hanes. They make all these brands of just cotton products. You should be okay with Marlboro and Philip Morris and freaking Newports and Cools. You should be okay with these companies paying money to the people who actually allowed them to be the country, the companies that they are in this country. Like the Vanderbilts and Rockefellers and all those Carnegies, the big ass names wouldn't be who they are without slaves. Yep. And I'm not saying that like you have to go, but these are people who are like old money. And they brag about being old money. And they love how deep and old their money goes. And I'm sorry, if you're bragging about being old money, you know what your old money paid for and owned. That is... (laughs) Yeah. If your money's so old, how you know it's so old? You got records? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see what y'all owned back then. What did Grandpapa own? (laughs) How's that house that y'all got on that big plot of land in the South? I won't call it a plantation, but it's a big plot of land. A house with multiple wraparound porches. I mean, hey. How'd you get that? (laughs) Not all white people had that. I'm just saying. It is it's definitely a lot and I I definitely I feel like black people need reparations. However y'all gotta split it, however you gotta cut it, give me my first cut and then you know, y'all can keep figuring out the rest from there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think it would be nice, but I genuinely don't think it's gonna happen ever. I know you should never say never and like I get it California is like making strides to like give people reparations and that's great and like other places are slowly picking up on it like I don't think it would be a bad thing the thing is is that black people are innovative so I feel like if you give enough people reparations and you give enough people in the black community the opportunity to like just like feed their own dreams and to do what they dream of doing the aspirations are astronomical and they actually will end up doing great things that you never imagined. And even industries that already exist will be taken to a new height and a new level because when black people do stuff, we go above and beyond. Like, we're extra. That's where extra came from. Black women specifically. Like, we are extra. We're flamboyant. We get our shit done. And we like to cheer each other on when we do it. So I don't feel like it's any sort of losing when it comes to, like, actually giving black people the opportunity to spread their wings and let their originality fly. But I do understand that, like, this is America. And people are not going for that. They like to keep things focused on the same three topics. Our guns, abortion, and, you know... Texas. Yeah, but we have to. Um, this is why I'm saying we we really need to just come together to make this happen. Like, not a hard thing to do. Oh my gosh, it's not hard. It's been done for others. Yes, like, 
Japanese right. Americans got reparations after Japanese American internment camps, which were horrible. Didn't last as long as slavery, and that doesn't mean that they weren't bad. Like, honestly, this is the type of situation where it's like one second is one is is, is one second too many. Yeah, and that's what I was also going to say is that the longer that we go without it at all, the the longer we are constantly starting behind the finish line. I understand, you know, we can work really hard, what, but still hundreds of thousands of dollars we start behind every generation. Come on. Yeah. It's like, I can only really hope that, like, by the time that I'm older and that I have reached my next decade, like, by the time I'm 40, I can have millions or, like, have enough so that, like, my kids won't have to worry about college or their weddings. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's just kind of like giving people access to that American dream that you, like, have flaunted in front of their faces this whole time. It was never promised to quote-unquote slaves, at least people say but at the end of the day, I've been to Africa. It ain't no way you about to get me. Like, white people did not walk onto the shores of Africa with armies. It was traders and boats. It was like a couple hundred of them, maybe, at the most, if even. They didn't walk on the continent of Africa to various countries or various territories with thousands of people and take the fuck over. No. You promised these people something. That made them willingly go with you before you enslaved them. There was something that they thought, like, no. People were like, oh, they were prisoners. I'm sorry, no. Like, there's a whole rocky shore that they had to take small little boats from the rocky shore to the big slave ships. Like, you telling me nobody got on that little bitty boat and decided they gonna knock your ass out and just row their way back to the shore? Like... I mean, it were people jumping off those boats left and right. Yeah, there are people jumping off slave ships and shit like that. Like, And that's the thing, though. Like, the people who actually ended up making it here, I feel like my ancestors who actually fucking made it here and had the opportunity, not the opportunity, but, like, persevered enough, I guess, who persevered enough, my ancestors who persevered enough to make it here from wherever they were taken from, and to like continue to persevere through all the hardship that they had to go through in this country just to exist to wake up every day and work for somebody else for no money it's hard for me to wake up and go to work to make money for myself shit some days i'm like i'm gonna call in sick and i know i feel 100 percent okay but i don't feel like going <laughs> imagine having to go and not getting paid yeah. If I if they told me well your pay's gonna get docked if you don't come today, I'm showing up to work. But if they told me you're not gonna get paid either way, <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know how you could convince me to get up to work. Yeah. What? The love of the people. I'm sorry, no. Nah man. No. I'm sorry. There's no way. And even sometimes getting paid isn't enough. Right? I mean, once you start realizing how much stuff costs, you're going to be like, I'm working for nothing, <laughs> essentially. Right. Inflation and then mental, the mental costs. 
sometimes you can be getting paid a nice amount, but it's like mentally, it's not enough. It's not enough because mentally I still think about the fact that you take advantage of me. Or I still think about the fact that like I have to work on weekends even though you say that I don't have to work on weekends. Like, but I do. Otherwise, this very important thing won't get done. Like, you know? Yeah. I, I just think that like those of us who had ancestors who woke up every day and still persevered knowing... I'm not going to see anything from this. I don't reek any benefits from this. Yeah. The only thing that they thought was like, I'm going to try to make it better for the person that I bring into this world. So I think that those ancestors and our ancestors do deserve us to get reparations for their hard work because like, that's their opportunity to say, here is the fruits of my labor that I'm passing on to you. Yeah. They never got to do that. They didn't. And that's what I think is like, even if you just think of hourly wages, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, think of reparations as the hourly wage thing. You ain't got to say, oh, the whole industry or blah, like, whatever. Don't even say the whole thing. But if you just think of hourly wages that our people did not get and they weren't working eight hour shifts, I can guarantee that. Yeah. I really think Sundays were their only days off. And that's why Sunday is such a huge deal in our community. For real, because every Sunday when I try to say I'm going to do some stuff, my those ancestors be like, lay down. <laughs> Bitch, I'm done. <laughs> Stop it. It's so hard. <laughs> For this week, <laughs> let's go into our affirmations. Okay, our affirmation for this week is I am energetically aligned to all I desire. I am energetically aligned to all I desire. I mean, I guess like that's saying like you ready, like you're very like excited to like do all the things that you want to do, right? Yeah, that that it's, yeah. I can agree it's, with that. All coming in play. It's great. I have a lot of desires. Let them all start falling in. I'm down for that. Yeah, I think that's a good, uh, that's a cool affirmation. Yeah. Um, Yeah, just a way for us to remember that we're not only building for ourselves, but for the generations that come after us. Yeah. And I do think the decisions that we make in a way that we, like, you know, define ourselves matters to the next generation. And I think that's something I've learned from all this is that, like, the generations that come after you, like, we were born in the 1900s. So when they really do start thinking of us as ancestors, when it's, like, 2092, like, in 2093 and stuff, like, 100 years we were born, like, you know, like... We will be ancestors, and when they start thinking about us that way, I do feel like, you know, I want to have left them behind something that matters and something that actually changed the way that their experience in America was from, like, my experience, like, in a better way. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so that is another episode of Gentrification.
Bye. Bye.